The opinions and points of view expressed on this program are those of the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect their employers or other organizations they're affiliated with. I, I caused some shoot delays. Uh, I, we had to stop shooting early yesterday because I fucking stood up straight into the spaceship model and snapped the wing off. <laughs> oh my god, Jordan. That's true. <laughs> That's so great. Wow. You broke the set. Congratulations. No, no, no. I, I broke a prop. I didn't you break broke the a set. You broke a prop. But I okay, didn't did make us force uh, delayed shooting. So, yep. Oh, that must, <laughs> that said, must have you know, felt pretty great. <laughs> I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Welcome to Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, a podcast about discovering you have ADHD in adulthood. I'm Jordan Lane. And I'm Robbie McDonald. And with us this week is Santina Mosgal. Santina is someone that we came to know through our friend Ryan Walter Wagner, the last guest we had on this show. Um, Santina was a part of his uh, photo project and is also herself an ADHD therapist. Um, so without further ado, Santina, take it away. Oh, okay. Well, where are we taking it to? <laughs> I'll just uh, let you kind of maybe, why don't you start ta telling us a little bit about yourself, about mm -hmm. um, maybe your experience kind of contributing to Ryan's project and whether you know, I'm not sure if you know him in a personal capacity or just through the project. Um, and then, yeah, and then uh, I guess I'm kind of curious about uh, what your discovery story is. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, um uh, I know Ryan through music scenes, um, and I've also done like uh, photo shoots with him for my work portraits and for my family portraits. Um, and so um, I think somebody must have put my name out there to him when it came to doing his photo uh uh, shoot because uh, for ADHD because I also got a lot of private messages from friends being like hey mm -hmm. did you see that Ryan's doing this you should contact him and so it was fairly shortly after he um, released his first message about it that uh, he got in contact with me and it was awesome we just like you know we walked around our neighborhood here in East Van for um, most of the afternoon and you know I really uh, I really think he's a great artist and I wanted to support him. Um, and I understand that it's really difficult to get a lot of information when you are first diagnosed with adult ADHD. And so, you know, I was kind of like, Hey, I need some new headshots. This is awesome. And, <laughs> um, and, you know, I love sharing this information with people. So I felt like, you know, more than telling my story, to Ryan, I was kind of just like giving him like, you know, tons and tons of information that I normally would give people in like maybe like the first four sessions that they would right. do with me or so. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, I'm, you know, cause that, that's a lot of his time that he took, you know, to, to see me. So I was like, here's, here's my professional, uh, uh, time for you kind of thing. 
So yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things about Ryan that I really enjoy is how engaging he is. Like he's really sincere and authentic. Like you meant when you meet him, you're like, Oh, we're going to hang out. Yeah. He just, yeah. He just has a wonderful energy and he's very curious. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm a really anxious person. Like I, 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 uh, before getting into a social situation, especially with like an acquaintance ish, you know, like Ryan and I kind of knew each other through things, but I, and then knowing he'd be taking my picture on top of it, I was like, okay, so like exactly what are we doing here and how can I contain this and how do I, can I stay in control of what's being said? What are we doing? You know, like, and, um, and by the end of it, I felt like I was walking the streets with my friend from high school. And, mm. and since, since, since then we've stayed in touch and, and I still feel like it's very much, yeah, he really makes you feel comfortable for sure. Yeah. I think that's a real gift, especially for, you know, doing what he does. Um, yeah. But, you know, like in the previous episode where we had Ryan on the show, he just, you know, he talked a lot about how he views community and things like that. And one of the ways is just, you know, being present to people in the conversations and being yeah. curious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant way for him to, you know, to get to know uh, his, his community as a whole, like, especially with that other project of his during the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, even with this one, like it's it, 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 the best way to learn about your own brain <laughs> and, and it is to speak to others who have the same, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> type mm-hmm. of type of brain and yeah, yeah it's smart so mm. speaking of kind of recognizing uh your brain in other people um how did you come to sort of figure out that you might have adhd well i always thought i did as a teenager because um all the kids i hung out like all the other teens i hung out with were diagnosed boys with adhd like skateboarding and you know and and they were all like kind of in like the alternative classroom and I would go there on recesses hanging out hoping that you know that they would want to come out and skateboard or you know do stuff um and I remember seeing a flyer when I was in college I'm from Quebec so we go through Seychelles out there Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a flyer on it and bringing it home and like looking at it and being like I think I have this but again never went down that road. Um, and so fast forward to the t- 2013 and, uh, I was doing my practicum for my master's and the psychiatrist, um, <laughs> on the team, uh, and we were working with a kid who has ADHD and the psychiatrist on the team looked at me and was like, did you ever think like after the kid left and we were debriefing, he's like, did you ever think maybe you have ADHD? And I was like, actually I did. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and that was that, that was all I needed. And I went and saw um, my, my doctor and she put in a referral for me to see a psychiatrist through the mood disorders of BC. Um, And that was 2013. And uh it was fairly it was a fairly quick assessment um Mm. and what's interesting is that like you know that so because adult adhd only has been started to be something that people diagnose in the last 10 years so i feel like i was part of that first movement of people Mm. of adults being diagnosed in 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 the city of vancouver and uh um 
and you know all I was given really was meds and like the basic meds I wasn't told anything about all the different other types of meds that were out there um so you know I don't think I really started to understand I didn't understand what ADHD really was until like Mm. like probably like five years later yeah wow so at that time would it have been you were diagnosed with quote ADD because up back then it was kind of that was the okay yeah yeah it was it was the inattentive ADD which now I like it's I'm like I see both I think I'm like the combined type of ADHD um Mm -hmm. but I was mainly inattentive yeah yeah and like as a kid growing up like I think like you know, whenever I tell this story to people, I'm like, it was so like, I had so many excuses for why I was the way I was. And I think that's like similar to many people. Right. And I, I see you guys kind of laughing because I, I, I'm sure you can identify with that, but like, you know, I was, I was raised in, in Quebec in, in a really small town with some return to the earth hippies. So <laughs> like, you know, we, we had no neighbors and we lived off the land as much as possible. And so, you know, time wasn't a thing and like, boredom was a massive thing because there was like no internet obviously back then and mm. and so you know like this like staring off into the distance and and, and dreamlike state and being completely bored was like everyday normal for me and then like you know being around people who don't really care about time and are foo-foo and you know like <laughs> That was also really normal. So, and then like learning English and French at the same time, I was like, oh, that's why I struggle with my words and talking and, you know, why I move, move around so much when I'm talking is because of the French side of my family. Like so many excuses Whoa. as to like what was going on, you know? That, yeah, like only the French and the Italians know how to hand talk. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> this is such a cliche, right? It's not true. Uh, no, no, exactly. I like. I think that's one of my favorite things since working with adults with ADHD from the like since the pandemic because we're all on Zoom now. Is you really see how much like moving around and head bobbing kind of goes on with with these folks. But mm. yeah. My yeah. thing is like if, if something goes over time and I and I know it's going over time, not in this context, but it happens yeah. sometimes in my class, I'll just start doing this on my chair. I'm just like, I can't stand this. And I don't care if they see me. They know I have ADHD. What else? Right. But yeah, yeah it's like not being able to to sit still. Yeah. Know? And and I think that awareness, you know, your is has gone through the roof since the pandemic, I wonder if it's because we're staring at ourselves now all day long, you know, in these Zoom meetings or classes or whatever, right? Like you see yourself now, you maybe before, like with ADHD, that, that's your metacognition, right? Your ability to kind of see yourself in the now, in the moment mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it, we really, you really struggle. People with ADHD really struggle with that. But mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, if you were aware before, like how much movement you were doing. Yeah. I actually, I have to either turn off or make my camera very tiny on screen (laughs) because otherwise I'm like, I'm just spending all my time worrying about myself and like, is this, is this how a human sits at their computer? (laughs) 
<laughs> going back to what you're talking about your excuses though quote unquote um what i like about that though is that they're all they're all like positive or at least value neutral all of my kind of excuses were like oh this is this way because you're lazy and you can't do uh, anything right but uh, you know like this is because i'm french is why i'm really exp expressive like, oh you're loud and expressive because you can't read the room is like kind of you know the story that i told myself so i think that's a really nice kind of positive uh, spit on that uh, <laughs> i'm not trying to elicit sympathy here i just think yeah. it's funny and and uh sadly kind of rare to like frame those things as like this is the way i am and that's fine so yeah yeah that 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 um maybe yeah i i would say that you know one part that's like maybe resiliency and like on the other part it's it's like on my part right like it's i'm i'm resilient that i can see it that way but i i think like what you bring up is is really valid and that so many people do have these negative spins on on what was right and and what i didn't mention is is that i just always thought i wasn't smart like mm. and yet i like by the like like through especially through through high school and and that's a piece that i still carry today and i have a master's degree like yeah but but i still it's really hard to let go of of some of that negative those negative spins that you put on it because you didn't know right because you're, mm -hmm. you're you're putting together your own story because you're like your your ego knows something's different about you mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and i think we were talking about the fact that um that kids whether diagnosed or undiagnosed with adhd get some like a, like obscenely high number of negative feedback messages before they're even oh, yeah. or something like that 20,000 yeah and i'm you know we'll have to try to find the, the source for that i think it was maybe renee brooks or something and she I, had like I a source feel like i remember that one in uh the hallowell book uh cuz that was mm. like one of the first ones that i read um ah. i remember seeing that in there there was something like 20,000 more over the course of their lifetime negative messages or over the course of growing up i can't remember which yeah how i usually explain that to people is i say you know like if and but i'm always you know through zoom i'm like you know for every for every time as a child you lift your hand up in class like a neurotypical will lift their hand up when they know the answer the neurodiverse kid is going to lift their hands up like five times or ten times and, and they might get it right once so you, you you know you're you're just so excited to to be engaged and to be able to share stuff that it doesn't always mean that it's going to be received positively whereas that neurotypical is only really gonna share when they know that it's it's going to be for the most part when they know it's going to be received man i still do that like in public settings sometimes like i gotta be in my bonnet and i'm just gonna start saying this thing and halfway through it i'm gonna realize that this room doesn't want to hear this and then i'm just gonna like leave <laughs> with my tail between my legs good times i know right <laughs> i know it's like yeah. it's like it it's like you at, like even where I am, like I would say, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like the guru of ADHD, right? Like I spend all day long, like, like, like teaching it and reading and researching about it. And I have a kid, so I'm learning like from from all stages of life or about this. Mm. And 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 oh, there goes my train of thought. <laughs> Was this related to like speaking up before you know the right answer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. And and yet I, you know, this is still something that I. I, I will catch myself doing and I and I think it's crazy like how how 
you, no matter how hard you can try and tell yourself something, you, you still in that metacognition with that, especially when you're in a stress environment, right? Like when your body is in this kind of stressy space, you, you lose that control of that um, impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've met people who've actually like, like have like things tattooed on their fingers. So as reminders, I have met people who have like checklists and grids on their on their like right I like on their hands right here in the oh. front yeah like, as is reminder. it something like think before speaking or halt or wait or something like that it's, it's a it's a prioritizing uh grid that um people use uh, Eisenhower the, yeah Eisenhower matrix yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah I think we've brought that up on the show before but Santini mm-hmm. do you want to explain an Eisenhower matrix real quick oh god um okay so Eisenhower, oh, you don't have to no 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 hey I'll, I'll do it but you know i i am gonna reference so i always um uh use a cue whenever i'm uh, um giving more like theoretical um information back to people um because it takes away my anxiousness of this mm-hmm. i don't i don't know like that's like the automatic thought that comes into my head when i'm like uh, about to explain something to people is like, you don't know this, Santina. And it's like, no, I, I, I do know this. I just sometimes forget. And I do my little cue, my little cue. So Eisenhower matrix is a, prior, a way of prioritizing your to-do list, but it's also a way of managing your time. So it's not only like a prioritization to do list. It's a it's a it's a it's a time management tool, um, and so it's like a way of being. So people who I've seen apply this like really successfully are doing it religiously every morning of their life. And so mm-hmm. you, uh, it's a four squared um, uh, uh, box and <laughs> a grid, and you're <laughs> you're basically um, trying to figure out you know what is urgent and important, what is not urgent but important, what is urgent but not important and what is not urgent and not important and you kind of break up your to-do list into each one of these sections and the goal is that you're always going to be in the urgent or quadrant two the uh not urgent but important it's basically that's like yeah where you're you know you're planning and uh making room and scheduling things like exercise and long-term goals and Mm. you know taking care of yourself uh, as opposed to just kind of reacting to everything in that urgent and important category, uh, which is where most people uh, with ADHD end up living is in that first quadrant um, or in the last one, which is like basically social media and the internet (laughs) and video games. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Doing your podcast, what what have you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, Exactly. I, I have a hard time with uh, the Eisenhower matrix to be, to be honest, like I've, I've done it um, and we teach it um, and, and I've seen people who've been able to apply it and they really do like, like 60, like, like retire to the Bahamas kind of thing in like a year from when they said they would have that as their plan. But, um, mm-hmm. but for myself, I prefer, I just, I have another system that I prefer. I have lots mm-hmm. of systems, but. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of which, you mentioned um, that when you and Ryan initially met up, that you kind of threw a whole bunch of resources at him because um, you said that that kind of <laughs> you get basically medication is kind of the 
default option and often the only option. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of just curious about your perspective as someone who has worked at an ADHD clinic. Um, yeah. Just kind of like, uh, yeah, just just, just uh, your perspective on like the under-resourced uh, nature of, of, of adults dealing with this stuff and kind of what people can deal with or can, can do for themselves uh, strategy-wise, especially on the cheap, because uh, myself included, a lot of uh, adults with ADHD are a little on the broke side. <laughs> I, yeah, and I mean, you know what? Even, like, um, the professionals in the field are on the broke side. Like, I work two and a half days a week. <laughs> I, could, I, I could be making a lot of money. I'm making the same salary as I did when I was straight out of university with a bachelor's mm. because it allows me to function um, as a parent, right? So uh, I think that's that's one thing that I've noticed with working with this population and, and from myself is that, you know, some, some people can make a really good living. I've seen that, but like also I think at some point it's like, where's where's the balance between, you know, time is, mo time is money with our brain. You know, so I've noticed that making less money, working less days means that I have more balance in my life and I'm more successful and happier. Um, so anyways, uh, but yes, in order to work with me privately, I am charging a lot of money, which sucks. I am so sorry to everybody out there. Uh, and some and some people have benefits and that's how you can get in to see me at a cheaper rate, which is great. Um, and if you could get in to see me privately, I mean, publicly, that would be amazing. But um, as uh, I can't speak to that right now uh, because uh, I don't have that permission. But uh, on so resources, yeah, are hard. And I would suggest um, so is 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 this your podcast? So listening mm -hmm. to this kind of podcast on a regular basis, and this is what I tell the people who I see um, through uh, the publicly funded program that I work in. Um, after they are done working with me is there are certain things that I, I suggest they keep doing to just remind themselves that they have ADHD because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you kind of forget and, uh, or mm -hmm. you, you maybe question, you're like, I don't think I have this. Maybe this is not even a real thing or is it actually ADHD or is it bipolar disorder? Or, you know, like you kind of, is it in ADHD or is it anxiety or, you know, so I, I see that a lot. And so, so that's a long winded way of saying, listen to podcasts on a regular basis, whether it's you um, or other ones out there. I have some favorite ones, but I know like, you know, oh, tell uh, us about them. Oh, well, um, well, because they're free, my favorite um, other uh, resource is the Attitude Mag um, for, and I know like they're, you know, the, they were bought up recently by, by other people. Um, so, <laughs> uh, um, uh, however, they still have really great guest speakers on there, you know, and, uh, and their free webinars are fantastic. Um, and uh, I think I mentioned this to Robbie when we were first chatting is mm. uh, what I love telling people to do is to listen to webinars or podcasts or vlogs, whatever, on time and a half. So at the mm. speed of 1.5, I don't know if you, did you have, have either of you tried that yet? I, I haven't tried it yet. I, I know a lot of people who love that. I hate it. I, okay. It just, it just bugs the shit out of me. So I can't do it, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. So I would have thought the same for me because I feel like I have slow processing, you mm -hmm. know? 
Um, and, but, uh, I, I, I don't know where, I think it was like, while I was doing research and I was just like, oh, I need to speed this up because I need to re like review several videos in like 10 minutes to see which one I'm going to show people today or whatever. And in that process, I was like, wow, I'm actually paying attention to the information and not, um, like when it's at a normal pace my brain is now thinking of all these other ways I can yeah. re relate to that information that's being delivered as opposed to just focusing on trying to understand what's being said. Mm -hmm. and, and then I, and I usually always have like the captions underneath. So my, I'm, you know, I'm taking it in visually as well as auditory, but, um, but yeah, I do know that that is like for some people, I think, you know, when it really works is if it's something that you know really well, like if you were like maybe looking up like some audio vloggers who are getting, you know, advice on how to fix your audio or something like I imagine that's something you're into. Mm -hmm. um, uh, then if you listen to that a time and a half, you're probably more likely to find success yeah. with it. It's it's interesting mm -hmm. though that you said that like um uh uh I hadn't thought about it from that angle that because the information is coming at you faster your brain is going to be more engaged because you have to it, it's more like that that speech flow keeps pace with your thoughts which of course as we know is really really difficult as an ADHD person um but what's mm -hmm. funny is is I actually kind of had the opposite viewpoint on that for like a part of why I didn't do it is like, well, when I space out and stop paying attention, I'm missing so much more information in that 90 seconds at <laughs> time and a half. Right. And, and so I just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same sort of, uh, mechanics, but just two different viewpoints on it. I think that's really funny. So, yeah. So, I, so I think the key piece there is like, yeah, is is interest and, you know, and like, and if it's something that you really need to take in, then you know you'd have to pause it and go back yeah. and listen to it at regular speed to take the notes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've actually heard the same thing about speed reading too. Um, mm -hmm. That like you know, it's not something that you can do. You really can't do it with with new material. It's more like it, mm -hmm. for stuff that you've already read before or are reviewing. That's when the kind of like nah, 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 you actually can do that because you're just jogging something. But it's not easy to speed read and retain new information. So, oh, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard somebody refer to speed reading in a while. I'm gonna. Take I know it to... that's that, that, that's what's <laughs> funny about it is it is it seems like a very 1980s thing. Yeah, yeah, reason, yeah. yeah my, my cousin was so good at it. Like he would finish like two books a day. I was wow. like, how? <laughs> do, do I do you... that when I'm interested. Like I, even my partner will say like, how did you? why are you like wanting to scroll already down the page? I'm still in the first <laughs> paragraph. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is juicy. And then I, but I, and I'm actually remembering it in the short term, but it doesn't necessarily get stored in the long term, Right. So in order to really get things going, I usually have to review them a couple times yeah. and try to get some body memory involved as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I find that like books I will burn through like so quickly. And I think I've always been that way. My mom said, I've always been a really fast, voracious reader. It's just that, recalling some of that content mm -hmm. later is where the challenge is. It's in there. Like you were saying earlier, it's in there. Like I know these things, but if I'm shut down because I'm stressed out and my prefrontal cortex is like not existing or working and I'm back in my amygdala, it's like, I never read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, oh my God. That storage piece is like the hardest thing to learn. I, I like, so I'm, we're going off in so many different tangents, but this week or last week, I, um, well, probably three weeks ago, I created an organization group for people with ADHD, which I, you know, I, I, I talk about different organization techniques here and there, but I never actually like read through the book all the way through to like, you know, understand and see like people's systemic ways of doing it. And, mm. um, I, I, um, uh, train of thought, um, mm. organization, group. organization group. Yes. Does that have to do with your external hard drive that you were showing? No, just the, the, yeah. Well, the external hard drive. Yeah. But also just like, like people with ADHD really do struggle with the organization systems. Oh my God. They're like, they're like either non-existing or they're so over complex that it like Mm -hmm. nobody else would ever be able to go into, (laughs) you know, that person's home. And actually that was one of the tips in the book was imagine if somebody else came into your home, where do you think they would put something? (laughs) Oh boy. You mean you wouldn't, you wouldn't like just be hiding things in the, what the fuck drawer? Like we have. (laughs) Right. Uh. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, Oh, that's so smart. The the whole thing with ADHD baffles me. And I think so many times it's like, it's just like, you know, where people, some like neurotypicals maybe would, you know, naturally know something we actually need to be taught and told or shown you know like it, mm-hmm. it's like but 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 then we'll do it probably better than the neurotypical you know mm-hmm. we'll like see their the neurotypical's ability but, but yeah so anyway so going back to like you know um things to do i would say podcasts um at least once a month is my rule around podcasts um and uh because it, it's just a reminder of maybe all these tools that i would have taught somebody mm-hmm. um and then um um, there are support groups that are not running since COVID in mm. Vancouver. Um, uh, I actually was running one. Mm. I did, I did one for six months because I always wanted to attend one of those, um, support groups uh, here in Vancouver. And I never got there because it was like, I don't know, the third Tuesday of the month or something like that, you know? And so it, like, I don't know, every time it would happen, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> didn't yeah. get there again um but then when somebody asked me to facilitate it then I was like oh I have to be there every yes. week a second I did it every second week I have to be there every second week and I could have easily have done it every week it was so awesome and like mm-hmm. you know so, sometimes four people would show up sometimes it would be like 10 people showing up and we would just like all go around the circle and talk about RADHD and then sort of like this, you know, and it just kind of ran, runs off into its little tangents. And I would be there being like, blup, blup, like, like, here's a little piece of information you should know about that. And blup, 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 here's a little piece of information you should know about that. Um, mm. And then it would be like an easy two hours where people were like, can we stay longer? <laughs> <laughs> um, you're actually reminding me of something that came up in that community capacity um, program that I'm in right now at SFU because we're doing it all on Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of how facilitators work with groups. And one of the things that I always found really challenging is the supposed like popcorn style 
right? Because it's like, I don't know who I can trust here. Yeah. And oh, if I you're know. asking me to popcorn, then I'm just either not going to say or anything or say all yeah. the things and alienate everybody. Um, <laughs> but what they were saying is the idea is that you don't, you don't start doing popcorn until everybody feels comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, and, and you can pass and say, I'm just a listener. You know, you can mm-hmm. always set that up too. And uh, as the facilitator, yeah, you definitely need to know who your folks are because especially people with ADHD, we, uh, we can take up a lot of space very easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and it, that's usually due to passion and enthusiasm. And I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just going to like pop in right here and say that Susan Sontag, the squirrel is directly in my line of sight <laughs> and she's not even kidding. She's literally begging at the thing. And I'm like, I, somebody in the neighborhood, I mean, I think must've been feeding her out of their hand because she is like not is this even a squirrel yeah the squirrel the one that has the susan sontag streak she's like outside right now like, sorry you're recording i just need some attention it's like you're literally a squirrel it's the worst cliche about adhd there could be and yet there you are anyway <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i hope she doesn't make an appearance during my job interview later that'll suck um oh, close yeah. <laughs> i think i'm gonna need to um yeah but yeah so um that also kind of reminds me a little bit too, you know, how we talked about this just a little bit since, you know, like when the, you know, these resources that are available on the lower mainland, you know, they're kind of either behind pretty expensive paywalls yeah. or they're on pause through the pandemic or, or whatever. And, you know, I know Jordan and I are kind of talking about this. I'm trying to figure out how it looks like through the SFU program of maybe doing something kind of online, kind of in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you, you're just kind of pulling me back to that reminder when you say like if I have to host it then I'm accountable to it and so that accountability thing I think is a pretty strong motivator at least for me like if I start something I have to go Mm -hmm. Um, whereas yeah if it's something I sign up for free online and Jordan and I joke about this all the time I'm like Sunday night I'm signing up for everything and I might get to one of them if I'm lucky (laughs) yeah um Yeah. yeah Yeah, um, account, account, so there are accountability groups as well that you can sign up to. Um, what the fuck are they called? Oh, I can't remember. I will get back to you on that one. Yeah, no worries. Um, but they are like Zoom Zoom groups um, where you mm. can you you just log in to a certain time. You can have like a monthly uh, membership. I I work with many people who do this, and then the the Zoom facilitator will pair people up who are kind of both studying or who are mm-hmm. working on developing their websites or something. And so I think it's paired up with some sort of similarity or maybe mm-hmm. not at all. Maybe it's just a random person. I don't know. Cause I would think that if it was paired up with somebody who's working on something that's similar to you, then you might end up getting distracted and yeah. just talk, talking to them about it too, you know? Shop. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I'm not, I, I'm not sure, but, um, It'll it'll come to me probably as soon as we're done talking. Um, or three in the morning. Or three in the morning. Um, yeah, and then there was a, a another thing that made me think here about uh, what you can do for free. Oh, so um, if so, because you brought up um, the universities. So all the so the the doctor that I was working with very closely is uh, she um, was the one who was sort of running um, an ADHD program at, at Langara College. And she's since um, produced a workbook for uh, students with ADHD. So if you're at 
Langara, SFU, UBC, Douglas, and probably BCIT, I imagine, mm -hmm. um, student services have executive functioning training for really students. Yes. And it's either free or at one point I heard it was $2,000, but that they mm -hmm. have grants through student loans that you can apply to to get that done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's, there's actually, I just saw this last week. Somebody gave me the appendix eight of their student loans and on there you can um, get refunded for a psych ed assessment mm. up to $3,000 wow. if you're applying for student loans. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty great. And that actually reminds me of a resource that somebody in my cohort shared with me um, who is autistic and she had been looking at getting tested. Mm -hmm. And of course the testing was quite expensive because it's a, it's yeah. a lot more involved than what it is for ADHD. And she ended up going through work BC. If mm -hmm. you say that you'd like to get tested for this, they'll fund it. Wow. Yeah. Um, that, I'm writing that down because I'm working with somebody right now who's having a real hard time with that. that yeah, because she, um, she's like an, um, an incredible advocate uh, for the neurodivergent community. And that was one yeah. of the things that she told me um, to kind of share like as widely as possible because a lot of people don't know that. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure if there's an equivalent in Alberta or in other provinces in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. But if you have like a, like a province-wide kind of you know, one of those like funded work things. Um, they'll usually have some kind of resource like that. Like I'm mm -hmm. even getting funding for my hearing aids through work BC as I look for work, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, they, I just thought they, I'd heard it. Yeah. They have a lot of, a lot of stuff. I think I was listening to, yeah, this morning I was listening to your last podcast, your, your year review and mm -hmm. Jordan, you were, you were mentioning, you know, just kind of like the career stuff. And that's, that was where my head went to it was what, like, I mean, you're not in BC, but you know, whatever the equivalent would be in Alberta, work Alberta, uh, work A, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> They, uh, they have employment counselors there. And I, I suggest this to many of the people I work with is like, at least try it once, you know, to, to see what they say, because their job is to know like, oh, this is what your background is. And this is what you're passionate about. Did you even know that this is an avenue where you can yeah. go and make work, you know, like they Find know place where they intersect. Yeah, yeah, they know all that, like all the different uh, jobs that exist out there that, you know, may not just be advertised in like the regular spots that we're mm -hmm. looking for and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think it's important to remember, too, because I had this idea in the back of my head before I went uh, through them, before I was working at my old job, um, that they would just try to place me at a temp agency or get me working at McDonald's or get me working in construction. Yeah. And at least here in BC, that's not the case. They are looking mm -hmm. at it from a more holistic view now. And it's like, oh, if you, if you're hard of hearing, then it's, you're not going to be a frontline person working in a loud environment. Like we wouldn't even think of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it, I think those organizations have come a long way. Um, but again, I don't want to speak for other provinces in Canada. You know, I have heard good things about things in Nova Scotia. I don't know um, how it is in Alberta anymore, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's always good to think about those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely have That's to pretty... investigate. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind, I, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this um, back to when I was learning about ADHD and Grab when, yes. when, when I <laughs> finally understood ADHD. So, you know, I was diagnosed in 2013, same year that I ended up graduating and becoming a clinician. And, um, and in 2015, I got 
you know, in an accident at work and WCB had to get involved. And part, because I'm unionized, uh, they, they got me an OT, so an occupational therapist. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had never really worked with occupational therapists. Now I see that they're in a lot of the public funded uh, positions in healthcare. Uh, privately, I think it's about 130 or 150 to see uh, an occupational therapist, but they're like, they came in, they looked at my job and assessed me, but like found all the different tiny little things that could help me perform at my best in my job and made recommendations mm. to my work. They did also do ergonomic stuff, which is mm. really fucking cool stuff. Like, uh, oh yeah, I need that. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. I got like, I got like, like a pilot's chair now at my job and it is amazing. Like it, <laughs> I highly recommend it to anybody, but, but um, what she explained to me was my executive functions. I had no clue what executive functions were prior to that. And I had a master's degree in psych. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you don't mind, I would love to share that. Yes. Can I? Yes, Can I? Yes. Okay. Okay. So your executive functions are part of your prefrontal cortex. Give me a second. I'm going to find my sheet so I can stay on track. Because then, if I get you know distracted by some squirrels, you got your cue. <laughs> I got my cue. So, so your executive functions are response inhibition. So that's your ability to not put your foot in your mouth. It's your ability <laughs> <laughs> not finish other people's sentences. Um, uh, you know, um, not say the unawkward thing that you shouldn't say in front of everybody. Yeah. It, I say it's your ability to sit in a meeting and, and just write down your thoughts and decide at the end of the meeting, if, if you still need to share them with people or not. You see me actually physically cringing. I know. Just like, oh yeah. boy. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. You can do that. I know. Like, I didn't even know it was possible not to like interrupt people constantly. <laughs> I, 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 because I, I spread my meds out through the day in order to make sure I have them long enough to be a mom at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, you know, in morning meetings, I'm not at my like my peak is is right around this time right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I have an early morning staff meeting, I'm like finishing almost everybody's sentence. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I'm just not at capacity yet. I'll be there soon. Um, okay, so that's one. Uh, next is your working memory. Mm-hmm. So that your ability, your, yeah, your, your ability to just like retain something that somebody told you on the fly if you didn't write it down. You know, like, yeah, so, um, or just like looking at a piece of paper that has a phone number and entering that phone number into your phone, like how many times you kind of got to look back and forth. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> like it's seven digits. Like how can right? you or, you know, I know. Real quick. I'm not trying to derail you, but on no. that subject, um, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was in elementary school and we had this person come in, um, this guy who had had he was an electrician and he'd been uh, he'd had a severe shock uh, through work and you know was was injured and on leave and blah 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 um, but then he wasn't able to go back to work uh, and part of that was that his short term memory was extremely uh, impacted uh-huh. and he said that you know one of the things that he noticed changed was that he used to be able to remember a ten digit string of numbers but he had to start memorizing uh, phone numbers as 
three three groups uh, a set of three digits a set of three digits a set of four digits he it has to be three things not just one string of 10 and it, i was i remember being in elementary school listening to this guy and be like isn't that how everybody's brain works because you can't remember anything for longer than two <laughs> seconds like what's what's the deal here like i don't see how this guy's different <laughs> anyway, right sorry continue. <laughs> he had a brain injury yeah no. exactly <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and plus now we never, like, like a huge part of what I teach, tell people when I start working with them, it's like, you, ha you, you have to use, you have to practice all these tools or strategies in a way that you will gain muscle memory, right? Like, like mm -hmm. when you get a, an, uh, an appointment emailed to you to see your doctor and then you just click it into your calendar, you're not using any muscle memory you're using muscle memory when you write it down with your hand yeah. mm -hmm. and you're you're using your whole body to interpret that information right and so i think you know today's society is really against us but anyways um so <laughs> um um so next is emotional control which is my favorite of all the executive functions and <laughs> and, and the one the one that we like like it's so many people have no idea that that was part of ADHD, right? Like how many people mm -hmm. did not understand that emotional control is part of ADHD and it is three to five years younger <laughs> than the rest of your brain, right? So that, to me, that's the basis of everything when we're looking at ADHD. So I, I actually, when I'm running a group, I, I spend a good four hours um, go, going through emotion, uh, emotional control, emotion regulation. It, mm -hmm. it is fundamental um and then yeah yeah i just i'm sorry to pause you again it's no just like no when you say that part is 3.5 years younger you mean that part of your prefrontal cortex is younger yeah. than the rest of your brain yeah developmentally developmentally yeah so wow okay and emotional control is, so it's is not the same as emotional regulation are those two kind of the same yeah. thing okay yeah yeah same thing actually your your whole pre prefrontal cortex is about 325, not 3.5, but 325. Yeah, years younger than the uh, the rest of your brain. So it, it creates this in uh, this asynchronous uh, development, right? So you have uh, typically a high, neurodiverse kids have a higher IQ, or or you know are are very curious about things and um but uh, uh uh and and easily can engage in like adult you know material uh, compared to kids their same age but emotionally or you know response their ability to you know handle themselves in the moment and plan things it's it's, it's younger than their peers so you know that's where like the teacher's like but Tommy, why, what's wrong with you? Like, like you're the smartest kid. You're so smart. Like why, why can't you control yourself? You know? And, yeah, and, and that's why I feel like a toddler still sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean like, you know, they, we, they say the, the brain is fully developed now at the age of 25, 27, sorry, 27, 28. And, um, and, and I think with people with ADHD, it's probably around 34. Um, so I, mm. you know, Wow. So, we we do and we do present younger. Like if you look at us, we do oh, present yeah, younger. No. I, 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 you know, 
I don't look 39. I think that's great. <laughs> um, so something I'm very curious about, speaking of kind of uh, thinking of ourselves as toddlers, um, I know something something for Robbie and I that has changed a lot since figuring out we have ADHD is our perception of ourselves. Um, like mm. I was talking about earlier, some of those kind yeah. of negative messages have been able to flip those really easily. Um, yeah. It sounds like you've had a suspicion for much longer than Robbie and I that this might have been the case for you. So I'm kind of curious what for you has changed about your perception of self since discovering you have ADHD. Oh, um, um, so I, I think, so when I, when I first got diagnosis, the first got diagnosed, nothing really changed. Uh, I don't think, cause I don't, I didn't really understand what it was. Um, and, but when I started like went meds, like when I started Dexedrin for the first time, I just went, like, I remember just feeling like, Oh my God, like, like I've been missing out <laughs> on, 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 on seeing the world. Like I've been in this fog for so long. Um, uh, so I, I think it was more like this perception of like, wow, I can, I can actually, um, I can tap into a lot more than I thought I could, I guess. And then, um, and then, like I said, when the OT um, taught me about executive functions, um, uh, that was when I realized the, um, that I'm not um, stupid, which is, I hate using that word, but like, that was, you know, that was the voice in my head. It, yep. And it was so, it was so powerful. Um, mm -hmm. especially when I'm like, I would be hanging out with like, so it would, it would come up when I would be hanging out with people who I saw as like, um, you know, leadership le in positions of, of authority to me. Um, but then it would, and it would also surface socially. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I love the arts and music scene so much, but like, I can't remember the names of anything ever, <laughs> ever. And like band so, names? No way. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I just felt like, oh, and like, you know, I reproduced with like a record collector, you know? So, I mean, like, <laughs> like talk about people who, who have Rolodexes in their brains. And I just felt constantly like I don't fit in, I, you know? So I, I feel like there was a lot of... Um, a lot of self, like I was, I was able to, to provide myself a lot of self-compassion. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I think at that, that time with the tools, I started realizing that. And then I, and then I went into doing some major somatic experience, trauma work to, to heal, like just to heal that, um, that stressed part of my body that had been under stress probably mm -hmm. for a very long time. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that, so today I, 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 I almost feel like a little, like, like I have a big ego sometimes when it comes to, to like my intelligence, you know, I feel, I feel really confident and it's such a nice mm. feeling, but I'm like, fuck, I'm 42. Like, why, why did it take this long? You know, that's not fair. <laughs> But I really don't think I started to come into myself until I'm like 35, like really in the last four years. I'm like, oh yeah, now I finally like kind of getting a sense of who I am at long last. I know, <laughs> right? But that makes sense. If you think of this asynchronous 
development that we kind of would have gone through. So um, Robbie and I've talked a little bit about uh, our very, very, very small limit experiences with uh, somatic therapy, but um, yeah. is there anything kind of about uh, somatic oh. therapy that you would like to share? Oh my gosh, it is the bee's knees. It is so, mm-hmm. it is amazing. So obviously like I, 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 I think, you know, being in Vancouver, I picked up uh, Dr. Gaber Mate's book and that was kind of what turned me towards it. And then I, uh, I got really into the, so names, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, so Robbie, you would know. Vessel um, Vanderkoek. There we go. Vessel Vanderkoek and Peter Levine. <laughs> Peter um, Levine. Yeah. And 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 so many more um, who uh, through the Nakab um, uh, training program online, um, they offer these great packages for therapists or clinicians to to learn from. And so I just started taking up all these courses as much as I could because I loved it. And then I was like, I need to find myself like this type of therapist, like, you know, and there are very few in town that, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there, so somatic experience is, I think like, like the copyrighted term that you can say for somebody Mm. like for that type of training, you'll, you'll see some people who write, like I have somatic training, um, but it doesn't mean that they've done their training through the the program that Peter Levine uh, is running uh, along with his, his teammates. Um, But I was able to find somebody who does it. And hilariously, she has like a background in clowning uh, Mm. and, and acting. That doesn't acti- surprise me at all. Oh. Actually, literally the one somatic therapist I know I met in a clowning course. <laughs> oh, is it, is, it Lisa, is it Lisa? It is not, no. Okay, okay, there we go. I'm just saying that because I don't want to send... Sure. Sometimes when you say somebody's name, honestly, that's a problem here in Vancouver. But if you say somebody's name um, who is working in ADHD um, in a public space, they get bombarded. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> and and, the, and yeah. they end up feeling like... like like it's it's a bit of a, a helpless feeling because you have to turn away so many people right like you can't keep mm-hmm. up with with the, the demand so so anyways um but uh with, I, so i usually ask other people's permission first before i would share their names right. um mm-hmm. unless if they're like you know out there like peter levine but um yeah no the experience is incredible like what they end up doing so i found this person and i i actually was able to do two years worth of 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 a therapy, which, you know, I think oh. is uh, better than like actually going to school for it. But, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, what they do is they, they really, um, they're observing about 10 different movements that your body does naturally. So say I was like, you know, okay, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, I'm thinking of, you know, going down this route. All right, let's stop right there. What are you feeling in your body? And then you're like, close your eyes and you have to be really good at mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, um, and then you would, you know, you would say like, oh, I'm feeling like tingling in my feet and mm-hmm. they just go with that. They're like, okay, so now I want you to start walking around the room where, you know, what's coming up in your head now that you're walking. And so you may think that, you know, you were in that session today to talk about something, but your body is actually there wanting to talk about something else. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 
and and it's just wild that they are able to pick up. And so with the 10 movements um, that your body are, is making, there are, you know, different things that it needs to. So maybe you're, you're, you know, you need to push uh, and the, and the, and the therapist will be there with their hands out and you push physically with their hands mm-hmm. and you're, you're not, even, you're not talking about anything. You're not bringing up any words mm-hmm. about any event in your life. You're just making movements or you have to growl like a bear or, mm-hmm. um, with, if it's shame, you have to, you know, Oh, there oh. goes my, my time timer. And it's so funny. I saw the little red thing just kind of go like this. And I was like, I yes. wonder if that's going to make a noise. And sure there you go. Um, but anyway, so, so it, what it ends up doing is, is it, it, it creates like you actually, I actually would feel like a, an, uh, like a tingling from the bottom of my feet all the way up my spine. Wow. And, and once that happens and then my body would settle back in, I, it's like my body released something. And, and in that, you're able, you're, you, you find more control over your emotions. So mm. you talk, talking about traumatic things is really difficult for your body. And it's because yeah. you're, you're not in tune with that, um, your amygdala, the lizard part of your body that holds those old memories. And so once you have control to soothe your body and like, and really uh, know that you're safe, you can go into those memories and reframe them. So like, I have like some memories Mm. that I'm not going to share, but, but now when I think back to it, my best friend is part of it. My best friend today, you know, is part of it as a superhero (laughs) and like aliens are in there and they they freeze things. And like, I I really don't remember the original memory. I've recreated Mm. it in my brain. So when I, when I think about it, when I got goosebumps again, talking about it, (laughs) Um, which is an amazing feeling as opposed to going into that, like, you know, scary, scary memory place that you could go to. Yeah. So that's somatic experience. I think it's brilliant. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And goosebumps are always a good thing too. Right. Uh Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, so I didn't get to go through what my executive skills are. I'm, I will list them. I will not explain them, but just for everybody else to know, it is task initiation, sustained attention, Planning prior and sustained attention is not hyper-focused attention. It is like about 40 minutes, 30 minutes of ability to stay focused on something, not three We're staying hours. up all night and yeah. No. But, yeah, okay. Pomodoros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Planning, prioritizing, organization, time management, flexibility, metacognition, which is my key to everything with every goal-directed persistence, stress tolerance. And that's just from one person's way of explaining it. There's several people who will say, oh, your, you know, your executive functions are this and they're that. But I like that one. I feel like it's a big list. So it's, it's nice to work from. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And Tina, I'm so glad this finally came together. I'm so mm-hmm. stoked. You know, I know we could talk all day. And if I didn't have an interview this afternoon, I might actually try mm-hmm. to push my luck a little bit. But I feel like... Um, I'm just so grateful that we could finally sit down and do this after getting to know you a little bit. And oh, that's yeah, this is great. I'm so I appreciate I super am appreciative of the work you guys are doing out there. I I love it. I love listening. To, it's funny to like talk to you in real time though because I do listen to you guys at time and right. a half. <laughs> 
I think I think my favorite is 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 Jordan's <laughs> laugh when I'm listening to you in time and a half. That's the best part. <laughs> oh my goodness! I now know, I have I to go listen to how Jordan laughs. Well, Robbie, now we've both had our laughs complimented on the show. Mm, so yeah. Amazing! That's uh, so true. <laughs> um, so one last thing, Santina. Uh, we yeah. mentioned that you work at an, uh, worked at an adult age. Yeah. Let me try this yeah. again. So one last thing, Santino, we mentioned that you worked at an adult ADHD clinic. As I yeah. understand, you are now launching or just launched your own practice. Um, did you yeah. want to tell us about that at all? Or are, are you one of the people whose names you don't want to give out? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I am actually really nervous about giving my name out because I, I, I don't, I know it's going to, I'm already, I already have a wait list we and I haven't even go, launched. We can go first name only, or we can oh, call yeah. you uh, no. uh, Carl Diggler if you so, want, whatever. So, you know, you want the short response here, or the long one because of the time, but well, that's, that's, if Robbie needs to drop off, you go ahead. I can stay on. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, it's funny because I, I'm, you know, um, I teach people how to plan things and achieve their goals. And here I am doing it and the classic ADHD way, like my mm -hmm. launch date is supposed to be January 1st and I still don't have a website and <laughs> I still, you know, like I want to change the name that I registered and paid all this money for. And then I realized that I'm like, hmm, my partner mentioned, if you read it in this way, um, it kind of sounds like, you know, that SNL um, uh, episode with Alex Trebek and I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh for, yeah. Okay. For, for the word therapist. Yes. And yeah. So I was like, Oh, so I, anyway, so I, I, I named, I, I paid for the name, the ADHD therapist.ca. And that's the, you know, site I'm working on right now, which is basically ready to be published. Um, but I am looking at uh, changing that name <laughs> so that it will be something similar to like adult ADHD services or something like that like um because i've also been asked just in the last month by other clinicians if they would want to work with me or if i'd want to train them and i'm uh, i'm in the process of training like a psychiatrist right now you know and so and i'm feeling really confident in my ability to do that i think i'm in like a, awesome. a unique place with the knowledge that i have so so and that's what yeah, exactly. And so I, I thought, okay, well, maybe the ADHD therapist.ca is too limiting. And if I did more like services, then I can have more people working under one roof and try and create a bit of a, a hub for, for people looking for services. So, uh, so, uh, but my partner said, you know, it would be smart just to say today what I have. And then, you know, if I change the name, then I will make a link to that from the website that or I have. You just drop <laughs> us a line and we update it in the show notes. Just, yeah, that's, um, that's a, a one second problem to solve. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but, but it's, you know, and like, not only am I trying to launch a business, I am trying to plan a wedding and, uh, <laughs> and, and buy a home or find a new home, you know, so um, I am doing all the things that I would tell myself not to be doing. So, because <laughs> um, it's a lot. And I think that that sometimes like, I'm like, I'm aware of it. So I'm like, hey, really planning everything thoroughly ish. Except for this whole um, private business that's supposed to launch in two, in two weeks, I'm really I'm 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 really excited to actually be there. It's it's just the little decisions and steps in between that I'm not mm. 
super comfortable with. And because of lack of funds, um, I've been taking my time to get there. But recently, I've been provided with some funding for it. So awesome. uh, I know. So I think it's going to, I might hit that January 1st deadline and be able to start providing people with services. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I know. And like, there's not many of us in town who are actually saying that we work with this population like um the the folks that i know are have all gotten into adult work because they're working with the parents of the children right um whereas i've i haven't really done much child work on adhd my my training is really uh like late uh, um late teens and and adulthood so um yeah, so I feel like I'm going to hopefully provide a service that people are going to want to come to and mm-hmm. we'll see see how that works out for folks. But I also, like I was saying, is in my heart, because I, you know, I didn't, I was raised by like these weirdo hippies, like my heart is, is really like, like in that space where I can provide my knowledge to people for free. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I do hope that, I, you know, I figure out how I do plan on maintaining the two spaces um, where I work in public health and private. Uh, it's just, you know, living in Vancouver, I kind of have to do the the private. Yeah. You know. got to put food on the table. That's just, that's just what I, it is. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. awesome. that's, well, that's uh, that. unless, yeah, unless you have anything else you'd like to cover or plug or anything. Uh, yeah. I think that's about all we had for you today, Santina. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, no, um, I think I'm, I mean, I could talk forever on this topic, but, but <laughs> I think, I think I'm good. Well, <laughs> it was nice. have to bring you back for round two at some point then. Yeah. So. I think uh, round two would be a good idea. Yeah. That would point. be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, is that that? Yeah. That is so, so great. Yeah. And- thank you so much, Santina. And, um, yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to the show today, checking us out. And, um, yeah, you can check out Santina at the ADHD therapist.ca. Uh, there's an asterisk beside that pretend. And if we need to update that at some point, we'll do so. Yes. <laughs> I love it. If you enjoyed, holy shit, I have ADHD. Subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now, and hyper-focus on the positives.